and I hope they'll show right. them third somehow. But well, yeah, my they were instant favorites just to continue the conversation. They were instant favorites because when I found out that it was like, oh wait, they're the wizards, wizards' house, right? You know, that it's like they're they're the scholars, you know, and whatever. So for some reason, that was like, oh okay, but and they're the sixth the fifth was abigail and what's yes yes calamities and camilla uh, the sixth house yeah so anyway we're talking about dresden today we gotta if if you like the locked tomb series and you know uh what what is it gideon the ninth and harrow the ninth and nona the ninth then join us next week and we'll talk about harrow much delayed discussion of harrow the ninth it's my fault i was in yellowstone so you know well, you got a t-shirt at least. You're not over any stones or anything? No, because I'm not an asshole. So did anyone yeah. get pummeled by like a wild animal? No, but I did. I was the only one in our camp somehow, but I woke up dead in the middle of like the first or second night to a mountain lion going off. That was that was a trip. So yeah, because I was like, oh, God, is that woman being murdered? And then it kept going and going. And I'm like, wait, mountain lions scream like that, right? So if you're not sure, literally go look it up. Mountain lion screaming. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's definitely what I heard. And that shit is horrifying at like two in the morning in the dark with you and like a, less than a millimeter of nylon between you and the outside world and two babies next to you. You know, it was and like the babies didn't I wake up. No, nobody did. Like I asked everybody, I asked, you know, my wife, I asked the friends we were camping with, like I was, they were all like, well, we heard something walking around camp. We heard this, we heard that, but we didn't hear this thing. And it's probably good because we would have just up and left, you know, so, but yeah. <laughs> really making me want to go camping now. I'm going to stay on Yellowstone is still wild despite its popularity, you know, so, but uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. And then, you know, getting over the existential dread that it might explode at any moment while we're there, you know, but uh, it, yeah, it's not that active, like to me anyway. So, but. All right. We are supposed to be talking about Dresden and not Lock Tomb or Yellowstone. Different, different <laughs> explosions. Yes. I want to talk about Lock Tomb. Well, I know me too. Dude. Justin, I've, and next yeah. week. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so we've got some questions that we have saved and we want to speculate wildly about, see how many we get through. The first one, one of the ones we already started arguing about pre-show was the idea of what is happening with the whole Walker and Justine and whatever protection that's giving and what's happening to the, the baby. And there's a whole lots of things that we really do not know. And so we shall speculate. I think true love protection is not going to work when a walker's in control, right? That would be my assumption. So, like, yeah. But, but we he, did so see it working. something, kind of, right. you know, but, but has it worked? Has it been, like, or did they assume it would still work? Right. And no, it was, it was still burning him in by the time that, like, so the walker said that as soon as, Justine got close to Lara, which would have happened blood rights-ish or very shortly after. But by the time of, like, Turncoat, when we see her use the, the true love protection against Madeline, it was also burning Thomas still. So yeah. somehow that true love protection is still active while the walker is entirely controlling her? Was she, How does that work? Was she like, infected yeah. but not... 
you know, maybe she wasn't like taken over by that point because I get the feeling there's kind of like like multiple facets to this, like um, the the late the winter and and summer lady for that matter. They were still them. They could act against their nature, but they were still them. And then we had uh, Cat Sith, who seemed like he was him, but then when he was like he was busted, it just like it took over. And I was like, unfortunate. Right. Well, yeah, and so, I mean, it obviously doesn't break the true love protection. We don't know if it's different when Nemesis is in direct control to borrow something from Mass Effect. Um, but, you know, like, uh, there there may be some differences there. But the other part of it, too, is that my first thought reading this question was that we know that it's still an effect, or at least they're trying to pretend it is, up through Ghost Story, because that's when the, the whole rinse-repeat uh, you know, part of the relationship starts where, you know, they're, they're establishing the love connection, they're breaking the love connection so that he can feed and that sort of thing, which honestly, like that might've been Nemesis's idea as much as anything. It is, is also they... kind of obvious for anyone who wasn't Thomas wallowing in his misery. I mean, Madeline threatened to do the, exactly the same thing to uh, Justine. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, mostly I'm just saying like to finish the thought that, you know, they were they were feeding him so that he would be strong enough to do a thing. And, you know, now that now that we're looking uh, at it with goggles of hindsight and that sort of thing, it's it's it could have entirely been Nemesis's plan to bolster his strength so that they could use him as an asset, which they clearly did later, you know. Gotcha. So um so yeah, I I think Nemesis knew better as opposed to you know. So as a weird point, so the, the true of protection established in Blood Rights when Thomas didn't kill Justine, that was the protection that was carrying up until the rinse repeat of Ghost Story. And so at, by that point, after Ghost Story, we never saw her burn him again, did we? We don't see her, do we? Like... So she was in Cold Days. Okay. Not her... Not her... Was she in Cold Days? Yeah, she was. She was on the island. Yeah. Right, right. But yeah, it just it doesn't come up. So. Right. But but yeah, like tor towards Andreas's point, like I think there's enough wiggle room in the material to say that um, she she broke the protection, but who's to say she put it back? Right. We don't have yeah. we don't have a definitive you know line from the book that we can say oh they got burned after this point or whatever but we assume that the love protection's in place up to ghost story uh, you know because you kind of you kind of see all of that happening uh, while Harry's doing the ghost of future self so right it's just but after the the rinse repeat action we don't get to see it established again so maybe the walker can't reestablish it but was coasting on what was already there. Maybe. And then both, like, as you were saying, making Thomas a viable, strong asset to be manipulated and controlled, as well as starting the possibility of becoming pregnant to, for more manipulation. And right. it just took several years to happen. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, the several years could be a, a variety of things, right, too, because well, we also yeah. know, like, you know, wraiths aren't really supposed to be able to reproduce not that often, you know, so... Think about how, how busy often. Papa, yeah. Think about how busy Papa Wraith had to be to get like six kids out of it, you know, or or more because there were other male heirs that didn't make it, right? So yeah. But. 
Why is it that it's hard for them to have kids? Is that ever said? The phage, uh, I think, is the implication that the phage probably eats either the mo the mother or the fetus itself. Yeah, because it's, yeah, because the fetus won't have a phage or like a demon, right? Because that happen doesn't happen until they be. It's still it's there, but it's dormant. That, that sort of gets retconned, though, right? Because in in peace talks, you know, I think Thomas explains that it's feeding on the mother, which is why it's very dangerous. So it might not even be that it's dangerous for the baby per se, but it's dangerous for mommy, right? You know, because we like I think we know that Tom no. Yeah, so like none of the kids have the same mom as near as we know, right? So the, the paintings indicate I think they all had a different mom, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah so I mean for way. reference, yeah, it's it's very dangerous for mom, probably more so than than baby. So Right. So Margaret might have I felt been like unique in actually surviving the pregnancy. Considering she has the whole she didn't. Well so she Margaret she, survived Thomas's pregnancy with use the ability of her magic that's extra life force, probably, so that she had an extra amount to be eaten and then withstand, and then left when Thomas was about five, got pregnant with Harry, and, okay, then, and then died from when, that uh, pregnancy. Yeah, the Malocchio happened. Yeah, I was like, she died in childbirth. And I was just like, obviously, from she child. didn't die on one of them. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and that, that might maybe, be the explanation why Margaret was so valuable to Papa Ray's to be able to maybe. have any wizard to, under control and then also one right. that you can impregnate multiple times. And the fact that she survived could have been a wizard thing, you know, because they, they have enhanced healing anyway, because, you know, otherwise this series would take the place over decades instead of, you know, like yeah. like 50 years instead of like 20. So it does make me wonder if the female white court vampires are viable in any way because if Laura were to be pregnant then her phage is also fighting the baby's phage right yeah possibly mm -hmm. sorry i had i had an old political line pop into my head that needed not be repeated on the air mm -hmm. so that was me shutting probably that safe thing down. so yeah <laughs> yeah fucking asshole <laughs> I can't believe it slipped out anyway. That's the worst part. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. When we're canceled, you're canceling Justin specifically. It's wouldn't be the first time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Got way too many memes in this head. So. Locktomb didn't do any good favors to you, huh? Well, let's just say I'm. Never mind. So. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, right. Female. White court vampires, we have no evidence of them having been pregnant. All we know is there's a bunch of women running around, and Papa Ray keeps killing all of his sons. Oh, wait. Uh, so Cesarina had a son, Malvora. So she deliberately okay. had a child. So, okay, that that's something. Maybe right. it means that she has to kill a lot more people while pregnant. I don't know. Yeah. In terms of what's ha what is happening to the baby, that's I mean that that's we got very little to go on. We know that supernatural things can affect the baby. Was, one might think that the creation of a soul is somehow untouchable, but I don't think so. Since white courts can pass on a phage, that's that's some sort of bloodline curse, right? The 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 werewolf curse as well. It's passed on for bloodline. Right. Well, 
what what's um the the um the Bigfoot kid and yeah, his uh, girlfriend. Irving. Yeah. Connie, is that what her name is? So yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz I mean she she was she was a kid too. I mean obviously that introduces like even more kinds of challenges, but it's like so they can be born white court vampires. I guess the other part is, you know, um, it's going to be a half, right? But so was Thomas. So I don't think that matters, right? I think they just come out full-blooded white court vampires and, but you know, follow the same rules. During puberty, like with Inari, like she had the option sure. if she truly loved him to kill the yeah. demon entirely. Well, so Connie their... did too, right? So, right, but she was she set up so that head. it was going to activate. Right. Well, yeah, but the difference, the difference with Connie was like, it's, it's meant to be a fatal feeding the first time. Right. But then, you know, Irwin survived it and that threw a wrench in the whole thing. So, yeah, but. it's, it's also, I think the more in the interesting thought is like, if, if those things can affect someone being born, supernatural things can affect someone being born. What happens when a walker is controlling the mother carrying the baby? Uh, Anything? Yeah, I mean, we can't really. That's that's definitely more, uh, like a, a, a question. But I'm I'm gonna hope that he on. just kind of like sidesteps that one, you know, and and we just don't have to worry about, you know, babies being born as thralls, you know. I mean, he's already kind of hinted with. Um, he's talked about cults and everything, especially around Nicodemus and like the idea that even without supernatural effects to the baby, that baby could be raised with a bit crazed beliefs um sure. like the the squires and all that but when they threw the denarian at baby harry the idea that that baby as he was what three or four at the time could have been uh growing up with a denarian in its head the whole time something similar could be happening he's mm -hmm. already basically thought it out yeah that's fair yeah okay let's see how about this Kind of a dumb question. We have literally nothing to run on. Yeah, it's not a dumb question. It's I think it's a good question. We just yeah we don't have a lot of material for it. So I say I say that there's a villains bar, just like how it should have ended at the end of every great arc. They go drink beers and be like, "Can you believe the Son of God killed me, man?" Or whatever you know, whoever you know, uh, Enya fighting you know. McFinn or Mac whatever his face was back in the day and then they <laughs> fell in love and you know I think I think they bonded over drinks is what I'm saying so I mean so what did Anya say about whatever she called Christ essentially was the redeemer right was that what the words yeah. that she used so probably I could imagine some amount of conflict when Catholicism was working its way into Ireland and Enya not wanting to be supplanted, trying to fight against it. Maybe St. Patrick, something or other lore there. Um, and sure. Namshiel is there stirring up trouble. I don't, what side would he be on in that? More Catholicism because I mean, then more demons? He's a bad guy. They don't want more demons. They want to end the world, theoretically. Right, so. but it, like people would believe in demons more if they believe in the Catholicism, like that framework of the Catholicism instead of just their well, Irish demons. 
just just to separate this out from like a Western Christianity perspective, demons aren't Christian. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you know, the the Chinese might have something to say about that, and and their <laughs> you know vast repertoire of you know hopping demons and all sorts of other things, right? So they're de- they're demons de- are just bad spirits kind of for a lot of cultures, you know. of entities so, of some variety. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, I don't know, I, you know, because, yeah, there's, there's a huge swath of, of history, like, depending on what the timeframes were, like, for example, I could see Nicodemus being behind like the Black Plague, you know, because that, right. that is totally a play out of his book, because I'm like, how would he even try to wipe out like, all these civilizations back in the day? Oh, wait, still plagues, you know, so we had the Black Plague, maybe Spanish flu, stuff like that. But I don't think the Black Plague lines up very nicely over, you know, Roman expansion, right? So what was he doing in the first 100 to 300 years while he was still a Roman citizen because Rome still existed, you know? What did that look like? But no idea, right? I'd love so, a spinoff series. Oh, and that's the thing, right? Like, the series is so broad, it's so deep, potentially, that it's like, you know, we want to see the French and Indian War with wizards. We want to see, you know, like, we want to see Merlin form the White Council. We want to see all of this cool shit that, you know, despite all of the side stories we're going to get and all of all of the hints and things like that. I mean, you know, we got to see White Earp as a as a hunter, right? You know, so. But. I mean, he's just crafted so much, like, so much lore and so much, like. By by incorporating into into the real world, but making it its own, like there's like so much room for telling almost infinite sto- stories, right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, did Namshill have the British accent for forever? Did he invent the British <laughs> accents? He's got a British accent because bad guys have British accents. So. Did he have a British accent <laughs> during the time of like Palestine and and it's. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he changes his affect. I would say it's whatever the, the, by the on the angels part, <laughs> just whatever they. Yeah. He watched Bond well, in the seventies and some host. He's like, you know what? I yeah. like it. That, I mean, first of first of all, they're fallen angels, so I think affecting the accent that they want is probably the least of their powers, right? You know, like. Uh, so they probably had a Roman, you know, accent during the appropriate time period. They probably had a French accent during the appropriate time period because Fr- uh, French was the language of court for a long time. And then they probably have a British accent now because, you know, the origins of English and well, just going through like the Victorian era and, you know, um, Elizabethan very recently and all of that stuff. So I, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all that they would be whatever the, you know, aristocracy of the time are speaking, those are the circles they're trying to run in because, you know, more power and whatever else. Like, you know, you don't see Thorne and Namshiel coming out with a Cockney accent and be like, good day, mate. You know, just be like, I'm the bad guy and I'm a fallen angel and I'm going to make you ease bleed with me accent. Do you like dags? You know, like you just don't see that happening, right? So throughout now history, they now probably... I'm mentioning a Birmingham accent, the uh, you know, Peaky Blinders, a la Denarians. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So I had this idea of like, if Mab said that she couldn't get married to Lara, even though Harry was, was trying to get out of him being married to her, says, why don't you do it? And she says her power is affected by decisions she made when she was mortal. And what possible decisions could those have been? What decisions would carry into her queendom? Do we already get canceled enough or do we need more canceled? Because no. She is a hitch wagon. Yeah, I had I had two thoughts here, right? You know, so like personally, the first more poignant thought, more better. I don't know. Anyway, so what she what things would bind, what things would bind Mab in a way that she couldn't act. And then that leads to thinking about contracts, which leads me to thinking that she got married in the first place. And either that's still out there for some reason, or she's otherwise bound by that relationship. That hasn't probably stopped her from having other relationships, you know, so she's probably had... She did make make her her kids, right? Well, but she's... We don't know know about their parentage either, the other half, but she's married a cohort of lovers. She's married a cohort of lovers is the point, so... She's had consorts. She's had flings. She's still doing the Fey thing. She just probably can't get married because of this prior engagement. That That's one of my first better thoughts. The, the cheeky thought that's going to get me canceled is what if Mab can't do it because she wasn't gay when she was mortal, which I just thought was funny. But I, I don't think that matters. But that was one of the other thoughts that popped in is like, you know, she's bound to her mortal self still. Uh, you know, in some way. So, you know, just kind of interesting, but. So uh, the more possibly compelling thought is if she was married by the time she was mortal and whatever oath she took at that point, and if her spouse is still alive, that makes it still binding. That's super significant because if the spouse is dead, a second marriage is accepted in almost all cultures. <laughs> it seems right. very strange right. for her to not be able to have another spouse later. Uh, but yeah, if the spouse is Marlin, alive, so yes, right. <laughs> and Merlin's still well, alive. and that I mean that would be my first thing, just to throw that conspiracy out there. And everybody knows that Merlin's still alive because he's in the crystal in Demon Reach. I'm pulling your leg. Please don't, you know hate me for that but it's supposed to be uh, a tree somewhere justin you have yeah. to speak like the young the kids these days you say it don't add me what? right oh yes right. yeah sorry um so so yeah that's that's definitely up there for you know one of my thoughts because it's cute but i kind of like the idea like the image that i got out of peace talks that um mab had unrequited love right that she was pining she was crushing on merlin as as the young apprentice child and nothing ever went anywhere with that and then you know uh, right and you know similar to molly and and just seeing like if that played out through jealousy if that helped drive her you know all of those things right i think that's a much more compelling and certainly longer story than you know Mab was the apprentice and then they fell in love and Merlin's still running around out there, which, you know, is fine. Like he might be why he's not ever involved again is a a whole different kind of story arc unto itself as well. If Merlin's still running around, what the hell is he doing? He's not at the gates. 
he's not, you know, like, is he out in the multiverse mm-hmm. somewhere just mucking it up? Like, what's going on? I mean, maybe um, he went wherever Chandler went. We we have no idea. Then why didn't he leave, leave the lights on? Like, seriously, it's yeah. dark where he went. So. <laughs> uh, so it could be another, but I think this is more boring, is that if she had made an oath or some form that she would never marry, that she right. would never share her power with another or anything like that. She would be a queen on her own and something, something, something. But I think that's less interesting because if she has a spouse, who the fuck is that? Like we've been saying. And and <laughs> right. where would have they been doing? And who would be brave enough to marry Mab? And but also like Well, she wasn't Mab at the time. That's the point though. So <laughs> was Morgana then. We need to speculate a lot. Yeah. But it if if Mab had done something, did that in similar ways bind Titania? Because did, did Titania ever get married? Ever? She so despite the fact that they're basically literally twins, that she's still her own person. So mm-hmm. I mean, now that's not to say that twins couldn't get married to the same guy or whatever, but like Oberon I'm not gonna didn't assume survive. Yeah, right. I'm not going to assume that Titania, you know, is similarly bound to Mab unless, you know, they just had similar trajectories, right? You know, so like, it's it's not, you know, uncommon to assume like, oh, yeah, well, that's, you know, we got married as is the style of the time and whatever. I think the Oberon stuff happened later, you know, much later, but still. Um, right. But I mean... Yeah. The, the strictures that the mantles and everything has on them, they do seem to be similarly parallel or symmetrical. So if Mab has this binding, I expect a similar level of binding to the summer court as well. Yeah, but again, but, yeah, is she Mab specifically says she's, yeah, she's, her power is affected by decisions she made when she was mortal. That's not a mantle mm-hmm. thing. That's a Mab thing. That's whatever yeah. she, her name was when she, before she was Mab. Now, Titania would be similarly bound by whatever decision she made when she was mortal. I'm not going to assume that means she couldn't also get married to Laura if that's the angle that you're trying to go. <laughs> but, Who is Aurora's but daughter? I would assume... But I would assume that Sarissa, for example, can't go sleeping around any more than Molly can because, you know, yeah. because of the mantle. The mantle so, yeah. yeah. Right. But, but do we know who Aurora's father was? We have hints on who Maeve and Sarissa's father was. But I'm. I'm... No. Nope. So write that down in your big question bank for later. OK. Maybe the encyclopedia should be here to be able to help. Yeah, he he probably doesn't know either. I I don't know that that's ever, I don't know that that's ever been floated. But yeah, so well, like not beyond like the vagueness that we got, right? So I read something about Tolkien somewhere, but I think that was more the summer night was kind of supposed to be Tolkien without being Tolkien yeah. or something. Yeah. I was like, bro, he was the night. We yeah. know we know where he was. <laughs> like. What are the odds that there are two dudes named the exact same thing? <laughs> so, yeah, that was, I mean, that was probably as much an Easter egg as anything. But, you mm. know, let's just, for simplicity's sake, we'll assume they were the same guy. So, All right. So, so this question leads into this next question of what would 
happen should Molly ascend to Mab's mantle of queen? Would Molly be restrained by Mab's mortal choices or her own Molly's mortal choices? I think Molly's. So I would guess Molly's. Yeah, I'm I'm separating those things out from the mantle. So I think it's more fun if she's bound by Mab because that would be uh, annoying. Sure. Well, now she's gonna be she's gonna be bound by some things that Mab did because we know that the obligations are gonna flow that way, right? Mab was bound by things that Leah did. And mm -hmm. so when she took Leah off the board, she had to fulfill Leah's obligations. So we know some of that's going to be there. We know she has to go pick up the kids from, you know, uh, from Alaska because that's something Mab has done. She's put all of these, you know, contracts and things into place. Um, so that part of that's still going to be there. But Molly not being able to get married because of, Mab was previously married, again, that's not part of the mantle. So, you know. Did did you bring up the fact that you want Molly to do it instead? No. Yeah, let's because, talk about that. So yeah, Harry turned around on on Mab of like, why don't you marry Lara? And she says she can't, but why can't Molly marry Lara? And then Harry doesn't have to. And the we didn't we don't have an explanation for that really. Yeah, we do because the mantle. So yeah, but she can't get pregnant. Yeah. I got the Harry. She wants Harry. Right. Now, now, however, that actually, that line you just said, that is an interesting piece, the fact that she can't get pregnant. So does does that matter? You know, because theoretically, honestly, though, there wasn't that big of a risk of her getting pregnant with Carlos, right? But, right. But her but... and Ramirez, Ramirez, like, you know, as soon as, like, you know, it went fade to black and woke up in blood, <laughs> you know? So it's just like, wait a minute, that's not how this was supposed to happen. Right. Um, I mean, I yeah. would expect that the mantle would be much more apathetic to Molly fooling around with another woman. Possibly, but okay, so here's the thing, right? You're going to bring uh, up the definition of the word consummate, and I believe it is no, very no. neutral. We we did we did talk about that earlier, right? That was That was my first thought, is that uh, Molly couldn't get married because she'd have to consummate the thing, right? However, what what else? Like, what is Molly's position, right? We've got the we've got the mother, we've got the queen, and we've got the what? Lady. And what else? The knight. What are you talking about? No, like it, she's a maiden, right? Mm. And a maiden specifically is a girl or a young woman, especially an unmarried one. So she might still not be able to get married because that's her position. That's how the mantles work. So it's more compelling than it's our a thing lot, about consummation. Yes. It's a lot thinner than it was earlier because, you know, when we were talking earlier about, you know, uh, I like your argument. I like the fact that, you know, because it's girls, right? Like without without something a little extra there, they're not they're not gonna <laughs> accidentally have kids. Sorry, I don't know how else to talk about it, man. I'm not trying to be weird. There's just <laughs> science involved. So, you know. <laughs> oh, God. So, oh. so in any case, but because we're talking about the Fae and we're talking about mantles and that sort of thing, she might still not be able to because it's technically a marriage, which is why Mab didn't even start talking to her about it. It's like... To Mab, it's probably a no-brainer. Like, well, of course but, Molly can't get married. But to She's Harry, the lady. Harry, the man of yeah. no brains, could have asked the question. <laughs> right. 
probably also Harry's got some psychological block about not trying to marry off his friend's daughter. I don't know. Since Harry's got all that chivalry and stuff about Molly anyway. I hope so. someone with more but, brains then asks the question to at least be able to no. push it to see if it happens. Have you have you read the Dresden files? Like <laughs> Bob could have asked the question. How many how many times how many times has Starborn come out up and we haven't so much as had like Murphy in the room be like, um, excuse me, what's a Starborn? You know, like come on. <laughs> Bob could ask the question. Bob would love to think of Lara and Molly getting married. Sure, sure. Except he doesn't care about marriage either. He just wants the other parts. He wants the consummation <laughs> so parts. Boobs. So, yeah. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of things in there. I don't know. Anyway, let's sidestepping that a little bit. It would be Bob's character because like one of my favorite lines of his is like, you know, Bob, you can't go run around killing everybody. I know. That's why you should do it. You know? Can you pay so. the lawyer with sex? <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, I feel like this is a, a point to this of like, yes, there would be a possibly an expectation of merging a bloodline and therefore a child might be expected. And at that point, Harry might say, fuck everybody. No, not happening. Well, <laughs> if he thinks ahead enough so. to realize that might be a thing, but at the same time, he does know he's an how, idiot. Well, he's an idiot, but he also knows that uh, Lara, danger, eat me bad, therefore never going to touch her. So, I don't know. You might understand that if he actually does ever consummate I mean, I'm understanding Lara. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's obvious, and I think that's something that should come up in 12 months, right? Is that at some point, somebody's got to clue Harry in, be like, bro, like, you're you've been dating this many times like first of all like you know before the sixth date is is pretty average anyway and second of all like you do know that eventually first comes marriage <laughs> you know or first comes love then comes marriage like you, you know the rhymes so like finish the line harry figure it out so uh yeah. who who would be the best person to point that out to him will will <laughs> Will has a kid, so Will is intimately familiar with how this works. Be like Harry, as a married man who also has a child. I, At that it point, could be, it could be Michael. It could be fun for Michael. Yeah, it could be because I. It's even better, right? Will's explaining it to him as Michael walks in, and Michael's like, "Oh, Harry, <laughs> like, where do you think the brood came from, child? <laughs> you know, like, how did you not think about this?" <laughs> So, because then you get the chastising dad from from Michael as as Will's just trying to be a bro and be like, "So, do you know how kids come about?" You know. And Michael's like, "He has at least one." <laughs> yeah. Was he in the dark? Hell, even it? Harry has a kid. Harry knows. How yeah. This works theoretically, you know, like, geez. But he wasn't married at the time. Maybe that he thought that protected him. <laughs> He's that dumb. I'll give you that. But yeah, Harry, Harry's pretty dumb. All right, more, more Mab. See, right, Mab commanded Dresden to kill Molly, but there was the arrangement of that he's not going to be harming people he loves. We kind of did talk about this last time, or yeah, whatever. Um, is it due to the fact that something about the queen and the mantle and that supersedes something or other, or is there something more nefarious, something bigger? behind the scenes or even more banal than that if 
Mab and Molly both die, then the mantles go back to the mother, and mother can choose whoever needs to be the person and maybe much more vicious about it. Put them on better footing. Theoretically. We don't know. But the way that I took it originally anyway was that um, Molly is way too like innocent, naive compared to Mab. And that Molly's not ready yet. So that it would be way worse for Molly to be the queen than, well, I mean, I guess in this case we're saying possibly literally anybody else. Um, but it's possible there's more going on there. But that was kind of that was kind of the first thought. Um, but as we kind of discussed last time, and we had uh, you know one of our listeners who was also a lawyer look over it right and kind of helped push push this thing up there was that. Um, you know, like this might be Harry's out if he was smarter, right? It's a it's a confluence of like something that Jim said at Dragon Con recently, plus what's in the book, plus you know, fan theory, obviously. Um, but Dre- Dresden might not be smart enough to figure this out because we're not sure he's smart enough to realize where babies come from. But mm-hmm. um, I don't think Mab was doing it intentionally either. That might have been a slip up. Uh, you know, I just think that, you know, Molly being the queen would be really bad for everybody in some way, you know, and just kind of figuring that out would be the, uh, the idea, but, but at the same time, like, well, she didn't want Molly to be the lady, but she had to have, she Leah was doing it. it. So but I, Leah was doing it. Leah was there's no preparing. way she didn't know. Yes. Yeah. There's no way she didn't know Leah was of course yeah. they did. They knew Leah and Mab knew that they were preparing Molly and, and one just making her more tough for the environment of Chicago and ev- everything is going to hell regardless, but also making her prepared for being a lady because they needed a backup for the backup. Uh, and of, of course they knew that it was a possibility. Mab said the line in cold days that she thought Molly would be better suited for summer, but I really disagree with that. I think she was wrong because Molly's perfect for winter. She has all of the emotion and compassion to to feel of all the the hurt that the mantle does, but she is also vicious enough to go past it when she needs to. She's perfect for winter, even before she was being exposed to them. Like the sense of what she was doing in, in Proven Guilty, wanting to hurt somebody to be able to save them. That's what winter does. And that's why she's really good with it. And as she's learning and being tempered by everyone else, like she was meant to be the winter lady. So Mab was just wrong in her thought that Molly would be better for summer. That's subjective though, right? So I I think this is one of those instances where I would say like Molly's area of specialty and her experience makes her really well suited to manipulating winter and to getting it to do what it wants, right? At the same time, what winter wants is brutality and, you know, you know, fight and fuck and all of those things. Right. Molly's not doing hardly any of that. Like she can play the game enough for winter's things, but she, she like, she doesn't understand why am I rounding up all these children? Right. And then Mabs has to explain it to her as though she's a small child. Cause she kind of is in this case, if I had any other way to fight this war, I would do so. So if you come up with another idea, I'm all ears. So on that on that sense, like her strengths may play there, right? And and that's where Mab is quote unquote wrong or whatever. But 
that's more like her strengths enhancing winter. Whereas like her natural strengths are more beholden to summer because summer is the more emotional thought, you know, the more, um, you know, artistic and, you know, gardeners and that sort of thing. Right. So like you're, you're telling me like you wouldn't see her just fit right into summer and just be like, you know, her and Titania become best friends, like immediately type of thing. I versus think Sarissa, kind who is of like, stuffed, uh, bored of it all. Maybe that that's, but that's a different thing. Right. It like, is. I just had an image of like Sarissa. She's still sleeping wherever she is in the summer court with a knife under her pillow because she grew up in a rough neighborhood, AKA the winter court. And, <laughs> and nobody understands it. Be like, lady, you're safe here. No one's going to hurt you. Whereas right. like, Molly is like still, you know, <laughs> trying to fight off the assassins that come, you know, every month on the full moon and be like, Oh, is it that time again already? You know, right. so there are I, like yeah. other indications. I think that Molly fits so well with winter and that Sarissa fits better in summer. Sarissa was always running away and disengaging, not fighting, even though she grew up in winter and all of the, the terrible violence that that is, she managed to get out of it and slide away instead of facing it and fighting it the way that Molly hasn't done. So Sarissa is better suited for summer in that way. Like maybe Mab was just too blinded by how much she wanted her own daughter, but sure. she is better suited. Molly is better suited for winter. Sarissa better suited for summer. And in this way that Molly is going to be in a better position to inherit the queen mantle than Sarissa ever would be. Part of that though, is how she was raised almost certainly. And maybe it's because Mab, you know, with all of her power and wisdom saw it in her own child but like sarissa was meant to be her mortal link sarissa was was not being groomed to be a, a lady right sarissa is the one that she got to go watch disney movies with and just be a girl with you know and so yeah like mab probably like she allowed her to run away if nothing else right um, you know, like she didn't have, there's no indication she had her hooked up with a bunch of bodyguards or anything like that to fight off the people that would try to hurt her. We didn't see anybody like that show up at Harry's birthday party in cold days, you know, stuff like that. Right. But, you know, you're telling me that Mab, who is like fight or die, let Sarissa run away her entire life. That can only be basically by design and allowance. Um, you well, know, which might have played more into... Sure. Yeah, but run, I mean, hide, or die. Level. It right. is, but, but run, hide, or die is the, the three options. It's not just fight or die. It's hide it also. Acceptable. But imagine, imagine Mab looking the other way if Harry did it. We know Harry wouldn't, right? But imagine if she had a knight that ran. Right. That there are different duties on a knight than <laughs> her daughter. Well, okay, but I yeah. mean, Maeve, pick one. You know, like we we got a whole. We got a whole host. Like, does she have a cohort of the, the, oh yeah, Winter Court, they win the marathon every year because they've got the best runners. That doesn't really fit. Not to me That's because anyway. they murdered like, everyone else. Right. Yeah. The, yeah. It, they've got the best runners because they're the predators, not because they're running away. <laughs> they're not the rabbits. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, slightly connected, we did kind of mention that this idea of why Mab doing anything. Um, there was a post on the subreddit of, from ghostgabe81 
kind of laying out that the story of Tamlin and uh, that there was a woman that Tamlin loved, that he, she loved him, that got him out of the winter mantle, more or less. But maybe Mab had done things to make sure that Harry lost his person that could have done that, which would have been Murphy. And it like the idea of like, encouraging Murphy to get out into the battle and then get killed. And now Harry is going to be trapped in with someone who doesn't love him and doesn't want to help him out with Lara or doesn't have Murphy available to save him. I don't think that Mab would have done so intentionally, but this might be an accident that means that he can't use it for now. I don't believe that Mab's ever done an accident. <laughs> not I think she'll happily take Mab. advantage of accidents. <laughs> yeah, not not since she's been Mab, but but like who ran in who ran into Murphy and who you know who would who was she with when she met up with Dresden, right? Like somebody had to like talk Murphy out of it, right? Or Murphy talked herself out of it. Like, I don't see another way. Like, I haven't read the post, so I, I definitely need to go do it. But like, there's that part of the mechanism. Obviously, by herself, she she didn't want to be like left at McAnally's. Right. However, she wasn't exactly mobile to get out on her own at the time either. Like, Dresden was literally pushing her around in a shopping cart, wasn't he? So like, she met up with somebody that enabled her to be able to go. And who was that? Wasn't it the Knights? Because they were the ones that were all together at the time? Uh, wasn't it the, wasn't she with the werewolves then? The Alphas? Was she? Yeah, because the, because... when they had picked up the kids that was in the, the daycare with the other guy that they were trying to save and the, the werewolves were, because they're big furry creatures kind of blocking off the kids from seeing anything else of the city. I think it was the right. alphas that were with her, and then Butters, so I guess A Knight at least, and Bob. Sure. Okay. Yeah, um, so I mean, but that that's your vector, right? Is that yeah. she, like, maybe if Mab, you know, put it in the, in the head of, of Will or Georgia or whoever that, you know, nah, Murphy's good to fight. You know, uh, maybe, okay. but I, I don't know. Like I said, I've got to read the post, but... I think it yeah. was... He, he mentioned... Uh, the sense of, of fear that he was giving, that Mab was giving out, that Bob had talked about, that was scaring the wits out of him. Maybe that was affecting Murphy. Murphy's response to being afraid is to attack something, anything like that. So the, the, the banner of winter that we saw in Bodgrom, very interesting. And Harry got to feel all of the pain and the death of the people following him. And it Mab says it's the rule of winter to feel all of that pain. And then sometimes the winter can freeze it so it doesn't hurt quite so much and you can continue going, but you need to understand the cost of everything that's happening. It hurts. So what would be a summer banner instead? If, I mean, I assume it has to have one for the uh, similarities. Well, yeah, I mean, just think, think to summer night, right? Like. It's kind of odd that there wasn't a banner, you know, uh, when Harry and, and the Alphas were going into battle or he didn't know any better. What did what does Summer's banner look like when they, when they're going to war against Winter? Um, I don't know. Like, I could think of some things that come to mind, but not necessarily like 
that would be beneficial in battle, right? Because at the end of the day, they're still trying to they're still trying to um, you know make you more efficient in battle in some way. Um, so in Harry's case, like he gets to track the number and the status of his people. It's possible that Summer has that as well, but maybe they're able to heal through it or something that they're able to stabilize their people or they're able to calm their emotions. Yeah. Maybe because they can take away all, fear. Yeah. Winter. Yeah. Right. Winter is all about being ferocious and driving fear and summer would be, you know, maybe not stoic, but something along those lines where, you know, they would be resistant to winter's fear as a counter, um, you know, so it does seem um, summer court is much more boring than winter. We don't get to see any of their toys. Well, yeah, maybe because we don't know any better, but like, you know, because some of the stuff that I'm trying to poke at is like their stuff is about, you know, warmth and growth and, you know, like kind of like a joyousness, like they would almost have a carnival atmosphere, but maybe not for, you know, the soldiers. Right. So it's just mm -hmm. like so they would have morale you know, is, is what comes out of that. But maybe, you know, maybe some of their uh, latent magical abilities or something would be enhanced. You know, maybe like this, this is all like directly a rip from Tolkien, but like the, um, the gnomes, when they went to war, like the gnomes, the impression that I got were basically an offshoot of elves uh, in, in Lord of the Rings. But when they went to war, their armies marched and left fields of flowers behind them that's the sort of bullshit you would expect from summer, right? It's not tactically advantage. I can't imagine it like advantageous, but, but I, that would be one of the things that I would expect is like when summer goes to war, instead of having cold and, you know, what eventually turned into rain because of what Titania did anyway. Um, but, you know, like all of that stuff, you've got the warmth and humidity and fostering, you know, like plant growth, probably because they're more, you know, again, no, talking to what I know, like D&D &D Druidic, where it's like, you know, entanglements with vines and all of that stuff. Like Aurora did that right in the battlefield. She she grew a thicket in the battlefield to help protect herself. Um, you know, stuff like that would be th those would be their kinds of tactics um, as opposed to the, the cold and the fierce. And the now we've got sharper claws and we're lurking in the shadow and that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> get some plants versus zombies. There you go. Pull that one in. So they got pea shooters and, you know, Venus fly traps that eat entire people and you know, all of that stuff. Yeah. Jumanji a little bit. So, so uh, I think moment that comes to mind is, um, which is cold days must've been, um, fix was harassing Harry and Harry said, uh, of like, you're, summer's assassin just as much as i'm winters and he says no my job is to counter you that's it the right. winter the summer night is job is only to counter the winter night as what he said right and if that's true then i don't know how you can use a, a banner maybe just what? a sense so you can use a banner of people to then tactically surround someone but it's like the it doesn't seem well, like he would get the same purpose the same tools was that before uh we got told that we found out the true nature of uh the the outer gates that happened, right? Or the same book, but before that? That was Cold so. Days, wasn't it? So. Yes, but it, I think yeah, it was yeah. before he went to speak to Mother Winter. Sure. Yeah, so it's a little for, a little foreshadowing there, but only in the in, in the same book. Usually Jim posted that in earlier. 
right? But but I mean that's that's an important thing too, right? Summer's entire purpose is to balance against Mab, but just the part, yeah, just the part of Mab that isn't you know focused on the wall, right? Like Mab's Mab's got like maybe ten percent of her strength that she gets to exert on the mortal world. The rest of it is going to the outer gates to protect it, and Summer just has to balance that little bit. If Mab pulled her people off the wall, like that's what they thought was going to happen in Cold Days, right? If Mab pulled her people off the wall, first of all, like reality would crumble eventually, however that works out, right? But also Mab would be able to take over everything because she just has that many people fighting and defending the wall. Um, maybe, yeah, maybe towards your point about like, being able to like sense and surround them and that sort of thing. Maybe uh, Summer's banner does basically the same thing as Dresden's, but for both sides, it keeps track of Dresden's people and where they are so that they can, you know, outmaneuver them, uh, you know, as much as anything, but I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's all speculation, right? That's the whole thing. Oh yeah. That's the, that's what we do. We speculate. It would be yeah. fun to see if, um, if we could see more of uh, Fix and Sarissa and as everything escalates, Summer goes to war as well. Right. B-A-T, both sides, woo. And for people maybe... who don't know, because someone did leave a comment on the other thing, a B-A-T is a big apocalyptic trilogy. Yes. It's how the series B is going to end. Yeah, maybe we start to see some of that with the kaiju episode. Or oh, that'd be fun. Pile. But I thought yeah. the kaiju it's... was going to be the dragon. Well, yeah, but sure. Either way, right? Harry already basically had to get the entire, uh, you know, spooky side of the street involved to fight a titan. You really think it's going to be less, you know, when when we start fighting bigger things, you know, like... That's what I'm saying. Like, maybe, you know... And, and technically, Summer was there, too. They were just like you know, five feet off screen. So yeah. we saw Sparissa and we saw Fix, you know, fighting. Um, but, you know, we we got more screen time with Marcone because, yeah, it was more about him at the moment. So yeah, it was. All right. So I like this question. It's such a, a small little fun question, but did Rashid ever get Harry his actual back pay from the wardens from being dead, uh, as he promised in cold days? Because if he didn't, then does Harry get to sue the White Council for... Back pay. <laughs> now that they've kicked him out. I mean, he has a lawyer now. Exactly. Yes. But they don't really operate within mortal mortal law as such. I don't think there's a contract as a warden. That stipulates uh, your right to some payments. They have bureaucromancers. They have lots yeah, of paperwork. Yeah. I just don't think that contract would be you know, valid in the American legal system. I think Lucio would argue on his side just because... because yeah, yeah, there's probably. there's international contract law and shit too, but yeah, yeah no, I I just I I'm, I'm not horribly interested in speculating on this unless it impacts the story. So I think he's already paid him, and that's yeah. already part of their 18 months worth of funds to to run the castle. You know, yes, but I think it's and more fun. of all people, of all people, do you really think Rashid is going to stiff him? You know, no, I think Rashid might be pissed that the White Council stiffed Harry, and Rashid will come down on Harry's side and also just there we be go. annoying. Of all the stories we could have had, we're going to get a side story from Rashid's perspective where he has to kick in the front office of the White Council and be like, Why haven't you paid Harry Dresden? Do you want to do us all? You know, and just like that's the story we're going to get. So, yep, I buy it. 
yeah, we we could have we could have learned more about the wall. We could have seen him having tea. We could have had him fighting the mad Arab. But this that's the story we're gonna get. So, yeah, you're gonna like okay. it. Yeah, right. This I'd is... love it, but still, I could think of better things. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love it. I would buy it. I would say like, this. It would be it would be fun to see all of that annoying bureaucracy. So. Uh, this was a kind of a hair splitting type of speculation of like, what's the difference between necromancy and ectomancy and vice versa? What could they do? Can, what can they not do? And ectomancy seems to be controlling ghosts. But why exactly is that different than necromancy? Yep. Good question. I don't actually know. One would think ectomancy would be, I don't know. If you, yeah. If you start, yeah. No, fuck. I don't <laughs> you got stuck in a, a loop. Uh, so, yeah. if necromancy is wrong because you're controlling people, right? So, that was the, the rules is you don't get to control or resurrect dead humans. And that's why Sue was just technically okay. Then, why is it a. Imprints or souls, yeah, would also be. Right. So, so why is a ghost of a person okay? Or is it not okay, they, actually? And everything we saw, what's uh, more do Mortimer do in a ghost story was technically illegal. What What did he do? Well, he bound the, the ghost to him so he was able to use their abilities to fight off uh, the invaders he, to his or house. Was it voluntary? Good point. Do they have a will That's... when there are imprints of what of humans? Do they are they or does he have some draw that makes them want to do what he says? Yeah, he no, could be I think mind manipulating. He's ghosts. talking to him, like to me. So there's two differences that come to mind. First of all, necromancy might be the umbrella, right? Necromancy might be like there's physics, and then there's like nuclear physics, right? You know, which is like a specialty. So like ectomancy might be a specialty that only deals in spirit magic, right? As as a form of limitation, but it also might be like a white magic versus black magic type of thing, where it's like necromancy involves all of the forms of using, you know, dead bodies, souls, etc., as part of the magic, but also like ectomancy doesn't take control we don't know if that's a mort thing or if that's a you know that's an ectomancy thing because he's the only one we've really seen do it uh other than maybe dresden in um grave peril right um but again dresden spurred them on it was never about control you know it was about weakening the barrier and and allowing what the spirits wanted for lack of a better word to happen right because i'm pretty sure when um when Mortimer was doing it, you know, he had, pr he had prior worked out with his people, for lack of a better word, you know, that this was going to happen, right? He had a bodyguard and that bodyguard was very adamant that, you know, that he do his job and that sort of thing. That was one of the main things. And it was a reverse possession among other things, right? Mortimer got semi displaced as much as anything, other than the reverse. That's why I was like, that's why I wanted you to be like, you tell me what you think happened, because maybe I'm misremembering, but to me, that all seemed relatively consensual, uh, uh, other than like with what they were doing at the race, because as far as anybody was concerned, the race were just mindless monsters at that point, right? You know? Right. Um, the, uh, yeah, so. killing the race is self-defense, but the race were 
goats as well. So it could be this is a corpse taker did it in the black magic way of torturing people and overriding what they want. And Mortimer was doing it of like bargaining with them, consenting of like, you can be healthy here and you can protect me and everyone can be happy. Um, yeah. And then so like, it was a voluntary worked out thing, but they followed his orders when he needed to take use of their skills when he was being attacked. Sure. Because the other thing is like that, that's what his whole shtick was in Ghost Story, right? Is that he's basically like, a ghost therapist is that he was trying to help them cross over. And that's what he wanted to do with Dresden. Like, how can we get you to cross over? So you're not a pain in my ass anymore. Because the last thing I want <laughs> you to do is to be one of these revenants following me around the rest of my natural life, because that that's what the ones that were left over were, right? They didn't like whatever their unfinished business was, wasn't going to get finished. So they were, they were stuck with Morty or running around causing shenanigans elsewhere. And and so that's that's kind of where they get tied to his house and that sort of thing. But like all of his magic stuff, like it's to be able to see and to talk to and interact with the spirits. But I, I don't know that I ever saw him like exerting any kind of control on them. Um, you know, like he did it with Dresden a little bit because I think Dresden took get it out. Over, right. And yeah. So, yeah. He forced Dresden out. And, and I think there was also some like you know, ghost gravity stuff that he was doing at one point to like pull him and, com and compel him in some ways. But so like, he's not powerless in that regard, but like overall his magic, I don't recall seeing him do that to, you know, the kids or the other defenders of the house and that sort of thing. They were more or less their own militia, right? You know, like mm -hmm. they, they mostly did it on their own volition. Um, so certainly yeah. compared then, to like the corpse taker, you know? Yeah, definitely. And then as later when they were following Harry, they were doing it voluntarily. He was uh, just kind of directing a like, let's go over that hill at the Lecter Spectres. And they were as vicious as they usually are. <laughs> but so that, that is probably, they were getting probably some sense of like a purpose of maybe safety, but maybe also just keeping them calm in the way that Mortimer was controlling them and allowing them to voluntarily be at peace instead of drowning people in the river like some of the kids were. Right. So that was an hour of crazy speculation. Woo! We did it. It's been an hour already? <laughs> well, right. yeah, you were eating dinner in the middle. You might have stopped paying attention. You know what? When the podcast is at dinner time, <laughs> sometimes that's going to happen, okay? I barely finished it before I like uh, the podcast started. I made it here on time, damn it. <laughs> right, so ne next week, finally, we get to talk about Hera, right? Yeah. Speaking about necromancers, you exactly. Know, we'll just slide that right in. So. Great, great question to end on. It's the our it's a segue to next week. We're going to talk about necromancers and spirit magic and all things uh, dead and spooky. Also crazy people. Yes. So, we're, Beautiful, we're wonderful, really traumatized, bad. crazy people. We're going to talk about a terrible book that ended really well. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. So that, that is next week. Pay us to join us on Discord and we'll cryptically tell you less. <laughs>